0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe.
1: Welcome in. It is the Tiger Woods show right here on the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals cam rogers coming at you i'm alongside bridget whalen as always and of course we are your tiger woods experts and we ask you once again subscribe to the podcast if this is your first time coming along leave a review tell your friends it's going to be an exciting year of golf And of course, hit us up on social media. I am on Twitter at MrRogers99 and on Instagram at MrRogers98. You can follow Bridget at Bridget K. Whalen. A lot to get to here on this episode as we put a bow on the HBO Tiger Woods documentary. Bridget wrapped it up. She watched part two. You'll get her thoughts later in the show. Some news about John Rahm not playing this week at the American Express. Some talk about this youth movement on the PGA Tour. I have a very interesting stat for you guys later in the show. And then we will wrap up with the American Express this week out there in Palm Springs, California. Bridget and I will reveal our predictions and we're doing pretty well so far folks 2021 is doing very well for us let's put it that way i'll give you guys an update about our money tally as well but first a shout out to bet online the super bowl is right around the corner if you are looking to place a bet on all of these sports going on or any sport really that you want betonline.ag is the best and only place to lock it in So I stunk up the joint last weekend going one in three against the spread in the NFL divisional round. So needless to say, I need to make that money back. I will be using betonline.ag this week for the NFC and AFC conference championship games. So with that, from game spreads and totals to team player and coaching props, Bet online gives you more options to wager than any place online and there is always the online casino as well it never closes. So, head to betonline.ag today and take advantage of all of the great sign up bonuses. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. So, you know, Bridget, whenever I get ready for this show, I like to search Tiger Woods on Google News. Google News is a really good source for the latest headlines in case I missed anything or what have you. And it's all Tiger Woods, the HBO documentary right now, and really the fallout from all of that. So Stevie Williams, you could tell commenting on her relationship with Tiger, the phone call between... You could tell and Elon. So there's a lot out there about the documentary and not much else in terms of Tiger Woods. So we talked about it last week, you wrapping up part one. You just wrapped up part two. You have a lot to say about it, which really (laughs) intrigues me because I thought part one was going to be the controversial part, (laughs) but here we are. And I do want to give the floor to you here, just in terms of your initial thoughts on this part two and what you take away from it?
0: <laughs> when I didn't think it could get any worse. <laughs>
1: exactly, that's what I'm saying.
0: It, it somehow, seeing part two somehow made me reflect on part one and actually have a fondness for part one. I missed wow. the day when I didn't know part two existed. Um, part two was disgusting. It was icky, it was gross, it was disturbing. My overall word to describe it was yuck. Uh, I can't. I hope you
1: were wearing some PPE, Bridget.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I took a shower after. Um, (laughs) I can't even begin to explain the drastic difference. Part one was we took a deep dive into Tiger, we learned about his childhood. We learned about the philandering of his father, which again, I did not agree with having to know. I think that you respect the dead. I don't care what he did, what he's done. I feel like a Backstreet Boy or in Sync. Who said that? Whatever that, wherever that line came from, um, as long as you love me. Anyway.
1: I, ooh, that's one of them. It's definitely one of them, yeah.
0: I know, I'm like, oh, I wish I knew which one.
1: Great song though. <laughs>
0: um, so the first half was, was actually very, introspective into this picture that they were trying to paint of who tiger woods is now if you agree that's who he is that really didn't matter to hbo this is what they're going with they were displaying a myopic point of view and it was basically that tiger is trash well the second half was literal trash it and, I, I, and like, I feel badly saying this, but when you b- bring the National Enquirer into something, you know <laughs> it's, it's, it's something. And I want to use the word trash again. They documented, well, actually, Rachel, you could tell herself documented, which again, I'm going to go back. I don't know what she got out of this. I really don't. And I understand that she got a lot of money out of... Um, Well, I I guess her affair. She got a lot of money from that. And she made it a point to say that Tiger told her, get as much as you possibly can. And I saw that quote. That that was like her interpretation of that he loved her. So she needs a whole type of examination. I don't know by whom, but sweetie, that does not mean he loves you at all. One, I don't know if he was capable of love at that time. So I'm just going to take like a huge step back. But they documented the whole... Process about how a National Enquirer reporter followed Rachel Uchitel, like, like they were in deep on on uncovering what Tiger was doing.
1: Really in the weeds, huh?
0: Yeah, and that's just gross to me. She talked about how he flew over to Australia <clears throat> to perform in the Australian Open, and he needed her to go there to be with him; otherwise, he wasn't going to be able to perform. So she did get on a flight and go over there. And she got into the hotel um, elevator and a National Enquirer reporter was in there with her. And they had the hotel elevator camera footage of them in the elevator together. Oh my God. Like HBO went so like TMZ in this half of it that- I can I-
1: already picture it.
0: Oh yeah. I I honestly was disturbed. Like, it was disturbing. Not so much that they're unearthing this stuff, because I understand that tabloid media, that is the process you go through. And and sure, I respect those reporters. They are reporters. That is the job. They are doing the job. <clears throat> but for HBO to, like, go deep into this and to have photographs of woods in inconspicuous places, whether it was at nightclubs, or or I don't even know what he was doing in some of the footage, that's just, like... And again I'm going to say I do not know what they were trying to get out of this. I really don't. If you were part of making this documentary, I want to hear from you. Like what were you do- what are you doing? Like what 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 was this?
1: What's the game plan here, kids? So,
0: yeah, what what did we get out of this? I don't know. What story did you tell? I don't know. It was very poor storytelling. There were some gross things I'm not even going to mention on this. If you really want to see some disturbing stuff, you could tune in. Um, I don't even know why I'm promoting it. I just like x-rated? <laughs> just like gross like disgusting yeah. things like no not x-rated like just bodily fluid things like just gross. Oh lord. Yeah so I, it it was disturbing. I hated seeing that apology from Tiger. If I was on his PR team I would have not had him make that apology. I think that was A very poor move, and you know why? He, like we said last week, he owed an apology to a very few people, a select few. Right. Elon, his mother. I mean, his children were so young at the time. How do you even apologize to them? So two people he owed apologies to. Two people, not the world. Not at the time Tim Fincham was was the commissioner. He did who was in in the audience. He did not owe an apology to any of those people at all. Philly Payne. Oh, and, oh, well that.
1: That's a whole other I'm, can of worms. I'm going
0: to get into that one. It was disturbing seeing him apologize. This now being the age that I am and this far down the road from when he made that apology, it, it honestly was disturbing that he had to go through that was disturbing. And not only that he went through it, but that he was instructed to go through that because there's no way in hell he was making those decisions at that time. He was so crippled so like broken down and buried that he probably didn't have any semblance of a mindset to make a decision so him going up there and apologizing what? While, while sure he 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 100% was contrite and I do believe that apology I think it was the dumbest PR move and being reminded of it just like did not make me happy Billy Payne the fact that he came out and said what he said ahead of Basically, Tiger's return to the sport that following Masters is like disgraceful. Not it being 2021 and all the things that are continuing to happen this far down the road. Like we are not pro progressive at all. We haven't progressed one iota. But the fact that he gave him and it was said in the documentary by Brian Gumble. It was a public lashing. It was a whipping and it was like a slap on the wrist and kind of like, we own you, Tiger. Like we at Augusta, like us white men, old, white old men in charge, like we own you. And, and we're, we're graciously letting you back in the game. Are you kidding me? Yeah,
1: that's pretty pukey.
0: <laughs> like, that's disturbing that like, the fact that he even had to think to make that statement not that it was well-received. I'm not even gonna, I don't even care about that really. The fact that there was a board meeting and a discussion and someone drafted this and, and revised it and rewrote it and he spoke the words is disturbing. And the fact that it was well-received is kind of like a mute, mute point at that because at that point, because it, it happened, that's what's disgusting. Not that it wasn't seen as disgusting. It, it honestly, the second half was like, if you were on a roller coaster and you know, when you get to like the top, like you're about to free fall, it would almost be like if you got to the top and they were like, oh, the the ride's broken. Like we got to go back down. And you're like, what? You're like, oh, okay. So I just went through all that anxiety and all that angst to like, basically like, this is like bogus. I almost just used a, a curse word there. What
1: an analogy by the way.
0: <laughs> well, it was just so like, and I don't even want to say like anticlimactic because it wasn't anticlimactic because you never got to the climax. Like, well, you also
1: know how it ends. So it's like...
0: Absolutely. So yeah, you got to the bottom of the roller coaster and you're like, well, I'm still living. And, uh, and that was an experience, I guess, but like not sure what I got out of that and definitely not doing it again. <laughs> um, but yeah, it ended on a high note, sure. But the high note also had like weird undertones of like, he's lucky to have been, he's lucky yeah. to be alive like he's lucky to be here like no way like g- give me a break like the the guy is lucky to be alive sure but like that's not your story that's not the story you just told me we're not going to end like that i really didn't like seeing the video of him in 2017 i know that that was a big flaw and that was a big mess up and 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 i oh it, it like the literally the dui yeah it hurts my soul just because he he was in so much pain or he was in such a state at the time that like he wasn't in a state of mind to know what he was doing it and I hate that people came out and said like well he should know better not to get behind the wheel he was like literally in a mental fog and I'm not saying that that's his doctor's fault like all of his prescribed medications were properly prescribed and and everything up to that point I think he was doing right and his life was was not in disarray at that point in time so that little blip the fact that they monopolized on that and they show the footage where again I don't know why he doesn't have shoes on it just it makes me really sad um I guess because he couldn't tie his shoes but anyway that's neither here nor there but just seeing him in that state he's not drunk He's not like coked out. He's not doing anything recreational. He literally is a guy who was in pain, who mixed his meds wrong, took a cocktail that he didn't intend to take. For me, I, I so wish that that was private, which I know people are going to be like, oh my God, give me a break. Nothing's private. And I understand. All I mean to say is that he had done some things that should have been public for good reason. And this, I hate that they added, they tacked it onto the list. Oh, you knew they I, would. I, of course, but it's just so drastically different of a situation. The other thing that was so weird is they refer the the police officers and like other people in those scenes referred to him as Eldrick Tiger, which Tiger isn't his middle name, um, it's Taunt. So I like, that was weird. Like the whole thing seemed very contrived and I'm not saying that like it was Uh, like I don't want to like now I'm going to sound like a conspiracy theorist but I don't want it to come out like I think that anything was set up there I do think that it all went down how it went down and like that's what happened Tiger was pulled over on the side of the road and and they did approach the vehicle what have you I just think that had it been any other person and again I understand that he is in the limelight he is a celebrity and this is what happens but had it been any other person it would have been like such a a more like oh my gosh I'm so glad he's okay story mm-hmm. and not like a well here here he goes again this is Tiger like what's he doing now like what like how's he how's he screwing up now like he has a stable girlfriend and like his kids are doing well and like oh there he goes again and that's kind of how HBO portrayed it and like that's just sad and for me I think that that whole second half of the documentary was trying to make the point that the first half that guy that was created that boy that turned into a man the first half created him and the second half showed like how much in turmoil that first half became and and that's just is such a myopic point of view it's such a small microcosm of who tiger is well it's tunnel
1: vision this entire thing is tunnel vision really
0: Total tunnel vision and that's fine but i hate the fact that you took that first part and you validated it with trash in the second part because, essentially, he he did a like he he rose from from the ashes if you want to say and if you want to paint his childhood as as so troubled and and so controlled and so, um, like basically like he was a robot and then like oh look how how he turned out, that's all fine and good. He he also is the greatest man. Arguably, I think he is. I know there's a lot of dispute. He is the greatest player in all of golf. He he has transcended golf. He's known. He's otherworldly. He and and this was funny because um, his initials are E.T. like minus Woods. And there was like a little conversation about that online. And and I've always said that. I've always said like he is an otherworldly creature. He's E.T. Um, and this for me is just it's so like disrespectful in the sense of he has done so much with his foundation. He's done so much for youth golf. He's done so for the game in general, like, like, um, not just like progressiveness of, of subsets of the game because we have a long way to go. That's, that, that's not even like an argument to be had, but He really did integrate something so much bigger into the game of golf. I'm not even talking about money. I'm not even talking about publicity or how it's on our television still. Uh, The things that he have he has done or that have been done to the game just totally for me, they outweigh all all of this negative stuff that Tiger's had to go through. And we all have stuff and. And that's fine, and I understand that pieces are like this are going to be made about about especially by the but way
1: when all of the negative stuff is really only stuff that affects Tiger and his immediate family, save for right. the DUI, Bridget, because obviously there's the risk of Tiger hurting somebody else with that. So we right. want to make that abundantly clear. What he did there was a big fat mistake, uh, but obviously, you know, it wasn't your typical. You're at the bar, and you knowingly drove and what have you but yes continue
0: right yeah for me it's like at what point do you decide that making a piece like this isn't going to be fruitful in x y and z ways as opposed to the like polar opposite of of what that would be and and that's kind of where I think they towed the line. And I don't really know what the, the answer is to that. I don't know what they got out of this. I don't know what the future of this piece is like going to do for them. I would say little to nothing. Um, Look, it's going me, to create
1: some articles out there, Bridget, on people.com. Right. And they're going to get clicks sure. and they're going to get some PR. How long will that last? I don't think very long.
0: Not very long. Just for me, my like ending note is that if you're not a golf fan and if you don't really know all that he's done or all that he's continuing to do, then like kind of shame on you for portraying him like this because a lot of people, Sans golf fans, watch HBO. So I think at the end of the day, that's kind of where my loyalty lies is that like it's kind of like a shame on you thing because. Now people moving forward, like maybe they will have a picture like this of Tiger in their mind and like, sure, who cares? And I guess I really don't care to be honest, but he probably doesn't either. Exactly. I just think that that's like a a sad missed opportunity that they took one way where it could have gone a myriad of ways.
1: I really think it would be powerful. And I know this isn't his thing for Tiger to come out and just rip this thing to shreds, kind of like what you just did, Bridget, but actually having the man himself get out there. Heck, he can flip his phone around, record a video for a minute, throw it up on Twitter. I know our guy, Tiger, isn't the biggest social media guy, and I think 95% of the time it's his people tweeting for him, but that would actually go viral, you know what I mean? But that's not his style.
0: Yeah, yeah. And I, I agree completely.
1: So... I think the legs to this thing won't be very long. Uh, Obviously, it's creating headlines and what have you. He's actually trending today on Twitter. I looked up why, and I think it was mostly just because of HBO. Uh, But also, yeah. But also, today, I want to say back in 92, Tiger uh, debuted as a 16-year-old on the PGA Tour. So I think that was part of it as well. But anyway, wow. <laughs> Great breakdown. And I have a clear picture about this whole thing. And, and obviously, I'll
0: never watch it.
1: <laughs> I'll never watch it. I'll never watch it. And you know, you're right. A lot of casual sports fans out there, even non sports fans, are going to watch this just for the drama. And unfortunately, they're going to form their opinions based right. on that media that they watched. And unfortunately, It's not going to involve them thinking that Tiger transcended the game and did a lot of wonderful things for golf. Most non-golf fans will ever think that, I feel like. They're just going to associate Tiger with the scandal, and that's just how it is. It's unfortunate, but it's the truth. People like us, Bridget obviously have a more worldly view of him in what he has done. So we will do our best on this very show to portray that to the many fans who listen. So Yes, we'll not be watching, but it is good to discuss to kind of give some perspective there. So putting a bow on the Tiger Woods documentary there on HBO. Let's switch gears a little bit, quickly talk about some news that came through out of the American Express. John Rahm, the number two player in the world who won this event back in 2018, has withdrawn... Without providing a reason, it is worth noting players aren't required to give reasons for withdrawing. They can just withdraw and move on with their lives. He was the odds maker's favorite for this week, so notable there. If anybody is planning on playing DraftKings or betting out there on John Rom, don't do it because he won't be in the field this week. Johnny Vegas also won't be in the field this week due to COVID-19, so... There you go, Bridget. I don't often see somebody like a ROM withdraw and not provide a reason, but it is something worth monitoring, especially perhaps for next week at the Farmer's Insurance Open.
0: Yeah, and when they don't have to give you a reason, it always makes it a little bit like, oh, I wonder what's going on. Right. But, um, but yeah, hopefully nothing serious, and uh, hopefully we see him out there soon.
1: And more from the Tiger Woods podcast, but first a word from our sponsor. And we're back. So, Bridget, I saw a really interesting stat out there on social media. For the first time, the official World Golf Ranking Top 25 features five players under the age of 24. By the way, you want to talk about Tiger Woods transcending the game. There you go right there. Five players under the age of 24. At number four is Colin Morikawa. 14 is Victor Hovland. Matthew Wolf at 15, Sunjay M at 18, and Joaquin Neiman, who just toured up on the Hawaii swing, at number 25. Morikawa, of course, the reigning PGA champion. Hovland won the Mayakoba in this new season. Matthew Wolf was nine years old when current world number one Dustin Johnson won his first PGA Tour event in 2008, and here he is at number 15 in the rankings. Sunjay M, of course, 2019 pga rookie of the year bridget i don't want to you know extrapolate and say some majorly hot takes about this but i'll ask you does this mean anything to you at all
0: i always forget how young sung jm is right (laughs) like what
1: (laughs) he plays Um, so often you feel like he's a grizzled veteran
0: a veteran uh and it it's wild because i know he's not i i remember covering um him on the corn fairy tour like i i know that he's not it's just every time i like realize like oh my gosh he's so young it's just astounding to me um no what do they call these guys the young guns right. The uh, yeah um i i know like some other names but I, it doesn't surprise me Fresh out of college, they're storming the PGA Tour, I feel like they have a different level of confidence than a lot of players. I I actually think that veteran players would agree with this. When a lot of guys who are now older came out on tour, they sort of felt like they had to make their way. They sort of had to build up the reps, had to play a lot of tournaments, had to get that street cred, had to be respected by others. I feel like now the kids who come out of college and come straight on the PJ Tour, they almost have like this false sense of arrogance and confidence, which may be annoying, but it definitely leads to winning. And, yeah. it, and and that like inert confidence is really the key to success, not just in golf, I think any professional sport. So I think that the mindset is, um, is drastically different nowadays. And I mentioned this to you, I also think the lack of fans Is definitely helping the younger guys the the fresher guys on tour um having that fan energy following the top guys and the guys who have been out there the guys who have a large following dustin rory those guys it really is part of their game when you have these guys coming out of playing college events and and playing events that don't get a lot of spectators then you go on to the big stage it's not really a big stage anymore right now. It's very much alike to college sports, sporting totally. events. Yeah, and we talked about this when um when the the no fans was sort of going into play or, uh like earlier last year and you and I both mentioned how like this I think is going to affect the veteran guys because they are just so used to that pulse and Tiger said it perfectly. Tiger is So tuned in to his game, especially when there's constant motion around him and then in that doc I saw why his dad would almost act as a fan when tiger was younger and would like sort of taunt him would like throw stuff at him and I was like wow he was really grooming him to play on the big stage to play on the tour or what have you at big events. So I think that all of those things, it's kind of aligning for these these young guns, these uh, these fresh newbies on tour to kind of climb the official golf, world golf ranking. Ooh, can't talk. You
1: know, it's interesting. I struggled to really decide on who would actually perform better due to a lack of fans. And I think your point totally hits the nail on the head. The younger guys who don't have to be thrown into the fire as quickly on the PGA Tour, can sort of just enjoy their own game, play their own game, and clearly be successful, whereas the likes of Tommy Fleetwood, Adam Scott, Ricky Fowler, who are struggling, struggling mightily, all have to adjust to the lack of fans out there, and maybe perhaps that's a reason why they've struggled a little bit. But it really is hard to know for sure. I mean, we can't put a group of players in one category and a group of players in another. It's such an individualized sport. So everybody is going to have their own preferences and what have you. We've only heard from a few people about what they would prefer. The general consensus is a lot of these veteran players want the fans back. And I think that has to do with partially them being used to it, especially somebody like Ricky Fowler or maybe Rory McIlroy, and especially Tiger Woods, who basically grew up with fans around them at the age of six, right? right? So it really is an interesting point. And something to really monitor as we go forward here in the 2021 PGA Tour season. It'll be interesting to see if Hovland and Wolf and M and Neiman can really hold steady there. I think Morikawa is the best out of this group as evidenced by the highest ranking, of course, but also, you know, being a major champion and what have you, he has been there and done that. I think he is going to hang steadily inside the top 10, but it will be interesting for the rest of the guys out there to see where they fluctuate throughout the season, if at all. So stay tuned on that. Interesting little stat there on the PGA tour. And of course you guys, no, you're listening to the Tiger Woods Show right here on the Believe Network. Want to give a shout-out to one of our new sponsors, Kansas City Stakes. With a new year comes tons of new big games in sports. With big games, you need big stakes, folks. Kansas City Stakes has the cuts you crave to celebrate the playoffs and the big game. Visit kansascitystakes.com slash gameday and save up to $25 on combos perfect for your game day. Plus, get free shipping with the code BLEAV, B-L-E-A-V, at checkout. Try out the snack pack combo featuring small plates with big flavor, mini beef Wellington steak burger sliders, mac and cheese melts, shrimp wrapped in bacon. Every order is flash frozen delivered directly to your home, satisfaction is guaranteed or your money back basically every cut of steak imaginable plus appetizers desserts barbecue and so much more so again go to kansas slash game day and use the code believe at checkout for free shipping kansas city steaks big games big taste all right let's talk about the american express this week bridget at pga west in Palm Springs, California. Two courses in the rotation this year, the Nicholas course and the TPC Stadium course. Phil Mickelson, the de facto host of this event, if you will. I would think he would play well, or at least make the cut this weekend. Typically a birdie fest. Any thoughts about this tournament in particular? It's been like a million names in its history.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Um, it's weird that it's called the American Express now. Uh, I, I don't know how keen I am on that.
1: It was the Bob Hope and the Desert Classic. Uh, Everything. I like
0: that. I'll, I'll prefer those. Um, no, I mean, I'd I really, I have to be honest. I don't get into golf in these early events. I kind of just like pick and choose like which days I'm going to watch. So this event falls under that. Like I haven't sat down and really watched like the full thing nose to tail. Right. Um, I definitely always like to see who wins, but I just think of Phil when I think of this tournament. So that's all, that's all I got there.
1: Well, let's recap last week real quick because we're on hot fire. Right now bridget here in 2021 we crushed it on the hawaii swing so i had Xander at the tournament of champions you had dj t5 for me t11 for you sony opened last week morikawa t7 burger t7 so all four of our picks t11 or better we're heating up folks could be balls back pretty soon because i'll tell you what if we crush it this week I don't know if there's any stopping us uh, in terms of our picks the rest of the way. So with that, who do you have this week?
0: So I'm going with a guy that I've like refused to pick in the past. I don't know why I have such, um, (laughs) this is horrible. I'm not even going to go into it. I'm going with Russell Henley. I think the guy is just so great from to green over the last six months. He finished tied for 11th last week. I just, This is another one, which is kind of indicative of why I went with my pick last week. I look at the leaderboard and I see Russell Henley. So I'm like, I just got to go with this guy. He's got to win. Eventually he's good enough. Like, I don't know. I'm going with Russell Henley. It's such a weird pick for me.
1: You know, he gives that Harris English vibe a little bit. Like you feel like it's coming at some point, especially with his ball striking. I mean, he's just been so good going back to the PJ Tour restart back in June of 2020. So it makes sense to me. I'm going to go with a guy that I feel like the public will be off of a little bit this week, coming off a not-so-good tournament, missing the cut. Oh, boy. Abra- Abraham Answer, Okay. Plus 2,800 odds, has averaged just a shade under one stroke per round, or uh, gained per round over his 11 career rounds at the stadium course. He finished alone in second last year so I like him a lot he's a premier ball striker he's getting a lot of buzz out there in fantasy circles but I feel like people will be more quiet this week after Abraham missing the cut but I like him this week at the American Express and by the way Bridget next week of course is the Farmers Insurance Open any guesses in terms of Tiger playing next week
0: hmm. Hmm. we have
1: until Friday of course
0: One. Oh, I didn't really think about it too much. I want to say no. Okay. And I don't really have a sound reasoning behind that. But I want to say no. And I just have to go back. There's nothing wrong with Russell Henley. I just feel like he's one of those Tony Finau guys. He doesn't really win a lot. He doesn't capitalize. So I feel badly that I, I like made that out to seem like he's a weird pick. Not weird at all. It's just not really my route of going I stay away from Tony Fino because of that reason just wanted to clear that up
1: okay all <laughs> right yeah I agree with you I could see maybe a 65 percent chance that Tiger does not play next week uh, so we'll I see like
0: there's been no rumblings um which again could mean nothing he's such an a yeah. man but yeah I'm gonna err on the side of no
1: He's very ninja-like about when he's going to announce when he's going to play.
0: <laughs> I guess, the so. otherworldly ninja. <laughs> yes,
1: exactly. All right, well, you talked about this in the pre-show discussing Ricky Fowler, and we were talking about how that anonymous survey came out saying he was the most overrated player on the PGA Tour. What happens? He goes on and wins the Players' Championship back a few years ago. Do you want to go ahead and make your guess in terms of who would be the most overrated player now if we were to do that survey on the PGA Tour?
0: Yeah, I want to go ahead. Okay. I want to make my guess, especially like right now. Like say it happened today, Tuesday, January 19th. I would vote if I was on the PGA Tour for Brooks Koepka. Ooh. I, just think, I know. And now people are going to be like, who's one? three majors. He's a three-time major champion. Cool. That's great. What does he do the other 48 weeks of the year? That's my question to you all. So for me, I understand that he likes to capitalize on that. Like I am fiercely and mentally strong. And that's why I dominate in the majors because everyone is so like scared to perform and, and whatever is reasoning. And now I'm like, seeming like I hate Brooks Kepka. I actually really like Brooks Kepka, but I just just think that the three major wins, while they are majors, they don't say enough of like, this guy is a top 10 player. And I understand that he is in the world. But for me, it's just, he he's a little overrated in the sense of, can this guy win everywhere? And can he tee it up and go out there and, and win a tournament, no matter what's on the line? And I would say no. And I don't know, maybe that's a hot take.
1: No, I think that's a really good one to come up with because, yes, he's been dealing with some injuries within the last year and a half or so, but he really hasn't shown up too, too much, even at the big events, if I recall uh, correctly. But I think what we're also doing is comparing current Brooks to That run he had at the major championships a couple years ago that type of brooks and so naturally you're gonna have those drop-offs and all that so i get that for me this is gonna be really hard for me to say because let me just say off the bat i will never amount to this man not even close all right so he is ultra successful compared to me but i know he's a good guy too i'm gonna go with tony fino i mean (laughs) I knew you were going to go with him. Yeah, we always talk about him in fantasy golf circles, and he always is a fine play in that sort of thing, Bridget. But in terms of actually betting on him to win or anything of that sort, he just hasn't done it enough. But yet he still gets a lot of chatter. So I think eventually he needs to win to really validate all of that chatter. That's where I will stand on that. Not an indictment Absolutely. on him whatsoever.
0: I feel like we're so mentally connected. When I name dropped him just like a few minutes ago, I was like, oh my gosh, that's who Cam's going to say.
1: I kind of <laughs> laughed to myself when you mentioned him earlier. I was like, oh.
0: like The light bulb went off in my head. I was like, oh. he." And then I was like, I got to stick with Brooks because like, I'm pretty sure Cam might go with him. I almost popped yeah. at the end.
1: <laughs> yeah, so there you go. And I struggled to kind of think of anybody else. Like Tony just yeah. kind of. Stuck out for me.
0: Yeah, so. I mean, you can't say Jordan Spieth right now. You can't like kick a right. dog when he's down or a horse when he's down, whatever that saying is. Um, I, I think that, in the sense of how that vote was made in 2015, I do think that you you might actually you might actually take the cake here. I think that 2015 might win.
1: All right, there you go. But by the way, I would totally hang out with him and like have a beer. But oh sorry, yes. I'll yeah, I'll
0: babysit the kids anytime.
1: There you go. All right. <laughs> This has been yet another edition, of course, of the Tiger Woods show right here on the Believe Network. My name is Cam Rogers. She is Bridget Whalen. We'll talk to you guys next week. See you next week.